What's up, you bunch of bald-ankled groundhogs? It's us. We're back. It's David. Grant will be here momentarily. You know the drill. Let's jump right into it. Post-show episode 68. We talk about a very definitive episode of The Last of Us, episode 3, and then Vinland Saga, episode 4 in season 2. That's right. That sounds about right. There's an absurd amount of news. There's actually like a giant news bomb that uh, DCEU slash James Gunn let off today right before we started recording. So we cover all of that. Um, There's some other news that we also cover. And then we're heavy on the anime side on the second half of the show. Uh, Talk about Trigun Stampede, episodes three and four, My Hero Academia, season six, episode 17, Revenger, we finally got to that, episode four, Grant finally watched Blue Lock, and he even watched the pilot to Summertime Render. So altogether, action-packed episode. Um, We really enjoyed this one, so we look forward to you enjoying it as well. But first, before you listen, I must ask you a question. Do you love to create, whether it's art, comics, or more? Are you looking for somewhere to sell it? Well, you've come to the right place. Our podcast sponsor, because that's right, we've got a sponsor, the comic book shop on Bank Street is looking for local, local as in Ottawa, sorry, creators interest in selling their work on consignment. If you're interested, please apply, send photos of your work and information over to shop2 at thecomicbookshop.com. Keep in mind, remember, they spell shop with two Ps, so that's shop2 at thecomicbookshop.com. If you can't find them, just look them up on our Instagram feed. You can find them in our recent posts. Give them a follow. Let them know that we sent you, and we thank them very much for their continued support of the show. And now, you may enjoy. Oh, hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. What's up, Teacup? Well, you know. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, better take that time. <laughs> yeah. No, you're doing your best. Yeah. It's um, a, it's okay. Long day. All right. Well, yes, it has. But I'm going to make it a little longer because we got we to gotta break the audience a little bit to start us off here. Yeah, get at them. Get at them. I will. Guys, I was looking at, and I should note, we know many of you aren't guys, and we're flattered because I have to say, Grant, I thought most of our audience was going to be very male-bearded dominated. Sure. But not so much, as it turns mm. out. Plenty of diverse people are interested in what we have to say. All are welcome. And all of them are faulted equally in what I'm about to say next. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> Listen to this. So I was looking at our numbers, and we don't do that often, right? This is a passion project. As you know, we're here for the fun times, right? This isn't a business venture. But, it, you know, curiosity, right? We do look at the numbers from time to time. And I, I was looking at it, and I think we've mentioned before... Like, a surprising number of you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, which, to me, like, I have an iPhone. I get it. But, mm-hmm. like, I just feel like everyone has a different app. Like, most people are on Spotify, and even people that are on Apple Music, like, the streaming service, like, I don't even think they roll podcasts into that service. It's literally, like, a whole separate app. I think so, yeah. And it's not even a very good one, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, it's surprising the number of people that listen to it on, listen to us, or just podcasts in general on the app, but... I digress. The point is, 25% of our listeners are not subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Shame on you. Now, I will say, if you were like kind of a half-glass-full grant type, you would say, well, that means 75% of you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts if you're listening. Shout out. So, we appreciate you, all right? You, if you're listening and you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, you can pat yourself on the back. You're an OG. 
However, <laughs> now 25% of you who are not subscribed, just hit the follow button. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But Spotify, my people, who yeah. I think it is a vastly superior existence being on the Spotify platform. And I say that not having any ad revenue from them. <laughs> like, I don't even think they pay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't not even know how sense. that works mm. on uh, on Spotify. I'm sure maybe, like, there's an eligibility thing and maybe we'll... Maybe we'll knock on that door one day, but that's not the point. The point is, I was like, well, if 25% of people aren't subscribing on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, what is that number like on Spotify? Grant, it's 90% of people. Come on, guys. We what? appreciate the support, but we'll, come on. Like, <laughs> I appreciate that you're listening and that we're probably showing up on people's like, oh, you may be interested in this because you've listened sure. to the other 67 post shows. It's like, how have you got this far and mm. not hit the follow button? Be a homie. All right? It's 2023. You know how this works. Just do your part in the algorithm. Hit the follow button. Okay? We and love you. You love us. No. We just need an extra step. Grant's, <laughs> Grant's too nice. Our love is purely conditional. <laughs> Hit the follow button. Maybe even think about tossing in a rating. Be Consider yourself lucky that I'm not berating you about ratings and reviews, because God knows there's very few of those going around. Okay. All right. Okay. Here's here's my challenge. If anyone if anyone's listening and you, and like if they haven't skipped past this point, you know, God 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 speak to you. Yeah. But if we can bump up the follow numbers on Spotify to fifty percent, we'll put out a T-shirt. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, we'll do that. I say that with the utmost confidence because I know it won't happen. <laughs> I'm just saying, if anyone's listening and you care, let's do it. Yeah. And a, I want know. merch. Mm-hmm. B, ninety percent's a big number. Ninety <laughs> percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get it down. I think half is fine. And we'll, like, if we get to half, maybe we'll even give you a shirt. We'll do a little giveaway, perhaps. Mm. I mean, I don't think I'm that generous. I'll probably get Grant to pay for it, but still. <laughs> um, okay. All right. We got a big week. We got a lot to discuss ahead of us. The news section in particular, Grant, there's quite a quite a few developments in like, the industry. Literally today, like bombs went off yeah. <laughs> across all industries. It was pretty wild. And it's funny, it's like, oh no, we gotta talk about actual content before we before we get to that. But it's like, I think these next two shows slash episodes we're gonna talk about are like some of the best in their respective mediums airing in a long time, and perhaps of the entire year, and it's only the end of January. Hmm. So, let's talk about The Last of Us, episode three. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing here? Um, so I think the first question... And I'm going to lead it to you, Grant, because sure. if you haven't caught the first couple episodes, Grant's the gamer. He played Last of Us 1 and 2. I played like the first hour or two of the first one. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that this is not necessarily a like one-for-one one adaptation. If I remember correctly, like these characters don't ever even share the screen on the, in, the, in the video game. Is that right? You would be correct, yeah. So this um, is completely this, new content. This is the biggest diversion so far. Um, for, for, from the show to the game, but uh, did, did, so did you like the episode? I, so, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I sure. thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I same for me. I I, re- I really liked it. Um, I think I think the casting of Nick Offerman. Um, I was a little hesitant. I think mm-hmm. I was excited, you know, because I love Nick Offerman. You know, Parks Who and Rec, yeah. and you know all the you know various amazing projects. I I own a couple of his books. I I I really really like Nick Offerman. Um, but I was a little apprehensive because the second it was announced, I was like, okay, he's clearly playing Bill, mm-hmm. and it felt a little too on the nose. Um, right, sure. So, again, not nervous, because I know he put in a great performance, because he does a lot, you know, like, very good stuff, but 
because they took this direction like this like they did completely move away in in some pretty big ways in this episode the it's perfect like they literally hired him to play like this version of bill not the version of bill from the game who is exceptionally jaded and nasty and mean and probably has like a smidgen of like a heart in him but like at the end of the day like he is kind of an asshole um so anyway so I'm, I'm glad to see like what you know how they use Nick Offerman was just you know tremendous and like a you know emotional roller coaster oh my uh, God. You know, big time but uh, but yeah so it's yeah maybe just on the Nick Offerman point so I think as a video game player you know I didn't even think of that obviously when the casting came out I saw him on a poster for this sure. episode so I was like oh so he's in it but I don't know what. But I kind of didn't realize, I guess in the video game, you have a whole interaction with him. Because when when the, quote, protagonists meet him, like, he's long, not long gone, but he is gone. So I take it in the game, you interact with him in some way, he's alive? Bill? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, like, for, like, the, like, the that whole level that takes place. Like, the, you know, the level's called Bill's Town. It's, like, in the town of Lincoln. Um, uh... And also, like, the whole... So if there there was one and it's it's not a nitpick it's not like you know I I think what this was on its own was you know an amazing piece of TV but it, one of my favorite levels in the game was this whole like you know like Bill's kind of fending off raiders in the t- like in his kind of raked up town and the town doesn't look visually at all the same like this is like a this reminded me of WandaVision you know like it was picturesque like almost like yeah. un- unnaturally clean mm-hmm. even in the even in the setting um, and, you know, there's a whole, like, you're kind of, like, weaving your way through the town, and Bill is, like, booby-trapped the whole, like, just about every square inch of the place is a death trap, uh, by his design. And, you know, even, I, I'm a little, not salty, but I am kind of bummed that, like, the interactions between Ellie and Bill, like, you know, they're not, like, groundbreaking by, by any means, but I think when they first interact i think that's when ellie really starts to kick Mm. you know like her character so i kind of feel a little like i'm not down on the performance at all like we haven't really seen much Mm -hmm. but i think i almost feel like we've seen too little of her right uh, even three episodes in because i think there's only nine episodes uh for the season so um but yeah so like i said i don't know i I, i'm just kind of bummed because and also too like there's like a, a, a tremendous set piece at the end of this level where Bill and Joel have to get, like, they have the battery for a truck, and they have to essentially, like, push it to get the battery kick-started, mm-hmm. and they're being, like, you know, a wave of raiders are coming upon them, there's, like, shots going off at them, and, you know, Ellie's behind the wheel, she doesn't really know what to do, it's just, it, it's like, you know, video game set pieces, it's just one yeah. of my all-time favorites, and, you know, like, we get this episode, and it's amazing, it, I, it's, it's a little bummed that, like, I'm, we're not going to see that, that was, like, one of the things I was really looking forward to, Sure, is seeing that... The adaptation of Bill in that regard, but uh, definitely but, uh, feels yeah. like a creative choice. Obviously, right? For sure, and they they've said as much. So you know, it's good. It's good to show. It's good to see that they are like kind of standing their ground on this version of the story and not doing the one to one or not I, a, a total one to one. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because I mean, I haven't played that that level in the game, but it is it is funny. Like what you're describing sounds fun to me, um, mm-hmm. but this is this episode was like black almost Black Mirror level for me, where it's like this beautiful side story that doesn't have a ton of stakes. It's sure. more just to provide color. And I just thought it was masterfully done. Like, and, and on your note on Nick Offerman, 
I, I was totally with you. In the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, so so far he's just he's just Ron he's from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, the whole, you know, just the Home Depot stuff and the great, setting up of great things. Great sequence. Great sequence. It's such a fun, satisfying <laughs> montage. I love that. Because um, I feel like every person watching this show and probably listening to this podcast has said, so like, okay, so what would I do if there's a zombie apocalypse? I'd probably have to raid... I'd have to, like, raid supplies mm. first, right? And, like, you watch him do all these things. Like, yep. he gets a power grid up, he gets a generator, he steals gas. He gets, like, he does all the essentials. But I'm like, okay, but he's still just Ron. Yeah. So I was very curious as to, like, where is this going to go? Because I can't really separate him from Parks and Rec yet. Or at sure. least not, you know, in the larger space. Mm-hmm. But, man, did they ever do a good job bringing Frank into that. Um, that guy's uh, performance, Murray... I can't remember his last name. He's in the Bartlett? White Lotus. Yeah. Bartlett. Yeah. I I think I probably had the same reaction. You probably didn't, but I know Sam and I did. And I have to think other people did too when we were watching it. And it was... I, I The moment there was a there was this interaction between the two of them at uh, dinner mm. when um, Bill served him a wine pairing. Yep. And... And uh, Frank said something like, oh, no, you seem like the type. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, mm. is there a romance angle? And it completely came out of nowhere. But even after that, I still wasn't sure until they time skipped. I was like, is he going to try to kill him? Mm. Or is it actual romance? Because they're, they're, like, they haven't let the air out of the room yet. Sure. And I just couldn't figure out, like, is there... What, in, what are his intentions, right? He clearly has ulterior motives. But are they romantic or are they sinister? And I just remember Sam and I being like, no, like, you can't trust this guy. Like, he's gonna kill you. Like, he's talked his way into your house. You know what I mean? You have to imagine the viewer going in with no context at all. And I think that they really well, accomplished was, that. Until, like, obviously, they time skipped and they're hap- happily ever after and all that. But, yeah. So, I think the fun thing, too, like, even for us that have played the games, like, Frank has, you know, like, <laughs> he has a moment of screen time. So, the the difference between the game, like, so... In the game, Frank kills himself. Like he, yeah. he he hangs himself. He was bitten, but he had like ditched Bill. They like, had a huge falling out, oh. and he was like on his way to back to the Boston QZ. Like you kind of find his story through like he left notes like throughout the level kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know at one point you have the option to like to I think you can I can't remember if there is the option or you just give it to Bill or whatever. And like again like we don't know frank like we have like a couple paragraphs tops of like his own like words kind of thing mm-hmm. so even even in this episode you know like it is like oh is is this going to be a sinister turn like at, at that same scene where there is the time skip or, you know like it's kind of like oh okay there wasn't like because this is like almost like wholly original like this is drastically different mm-hmm. than the game so i'm uh i don't know i was i was pleasantly surprised incredibly heavy uh it kind of was you know, we're gonna like, yeah, we're gonna talk about some anime later. But I was like, yeah, I gotta watch a couple more shows for the podcast. And after this episode, I was like, let's just let's just go to bed. Let's just lay down. <laughs> you know, like I don't want to watch. It. I just want to sit with this. It was it was very powerful. Yeah, it was. I like it. Just it. You know, there was so little of Joel and Ellie in this episode mm. that it really. I just kept thinking of like a Black Mirror episode. I was like, it, we're introduced to two characters into a known world that are kind of they're foreign characters at the beginning and they cease to exist by the end and they have like 50 minutes of screen time and they have that opportunity to tell a story and they just nailed it like the performances were so good the camera work was so good like i know 
you know that I understand the bummer about the about the uh, original content not being mm-hmm. adapted the the way I'm sure a lot of people wanted, but like, man, but it's that's always going to be there. But that, yeah. that's the the beauty. I think the beauty of this adaptation is, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago how the Last of Us was designed to be cinematic in its own, like in mm-hmm. its own way. So. You know, like, you can go back and you can see those big movie-esque or TV-esque moments and, and continue to enjoy. It's just, you know, we get we have this fun playhouse. Like, episodes like this is kind of like why you do adaptations, right? You know, and kind of, especially yeah. with the people involved, you can kind of play around with the world. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so happy, like, with what we're getting right now. And it's, you know, and this is kind of like where, I think this is the episode that's going to pull even more. Like, you know, there's that week one to week two bump but i think this is going to be the biggest bump for the show yet like I, this is I gonna agree. the word of mouth on this is flaming hot so yeah just like but yeah. just so out of left field i just did not see this coming mm-hmm. i'm just yeah huge props um i have to imagine a couple things that joel uh and and, and ellie like one her stealing that gun I have I have to feel like is going to have some repercussions, whether it's foreshadowing. That's like the gun she uses too, which I love. I was like, oh, oh there nice. it is. That's her piece. Um, <laughs> so. I thought that she had a good little scene there um, in the basement of that convenience store uh, with the infected that she kind of See, experiments with. I didn't like that, and this I think this is kind of go back to what I mentioned earlier. Is we we don't know this version of Ellie yet. Like she's barely spoken. Like, you know, we had a couple like back and forth between her and Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we don't know her. Like, yeah, we really don't. And it's just kind of frustrating because she is so lively in the game. And, like, mm. you know, she, it's not that she doesn't shut up, but she's just very opinionated and vocal. Oh. And she's very good at kind of trying to get her point across. And it, it kind of feels like she's kind of like Baby Yoda, you know, for <laughs> you know, to put obviously a point. It just, and so having little moments of, like, her just like almost being malicious where because i don't think she's that type of character like she has darkness in her obviously Mm -hmm. um which you know we'll (laughs) we will see um but i don't know it just it wasn't off-putting it's just like come on like i want to i want to see you engage this is interesting i know yeah so it's it's, it just seemed a little too dark for the lack of what we've seen her actually speak you know yeah well i think this is interesting it's one of the rare times we disagree because well, okay, so two things. One, I think the the killing a zombie thing was weird. There's no getting around yeah. that. And a little dark. Yeah. I think at the same time, and I know this is a preposterous sentence, but bear with me. Sure. I think I think if you put yourself in the character's shoes of like prepubescent, born in a in an apocalyptic world where the dead walk among us, I feel like kids do shit weird shit like that, right? Like I feel like kids find like, I don't know, were you ever 10 and on the side of the road you found, like, a bird and you poked it with a stick? It reminded me of that. No. But with a zombie. But, but And also, wait, just real quick. Number yeah. two was, it's funny you say you don't, we don't know the character. Like, I agree. She hasn't had enough time. However, if you were to ask me, like, what are her most dominant traits? I would say, like, she's outspoken and aggressive and rude and impatient. You know what I mean? Like, to me, all that stuff is translating. She just hasn't had a lot of screen time. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, you know, I, I agree. Kids are kids regardless of, like, what ecosystem they're in, you know, mm-hmm. pre, you know, post-pandemic or pre-pandemic. But, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, it's, uh, it's just, it's just the thing I don't, I don't want them to fuck up. I just don't yeah. want them to fuck up Ellie. Um, I think, you know, because 
it's unfair. I don't want to put anything on, you know, the actor, but mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, oh, wow, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, Pedro Pascal? Pedro Pascal is a known quantity. And we have seen some He's stuff crushing. there. And, you know, but like, you know, he... He's... I don't know. It's... I don't see them as a link yet. And at right. this point in the game, there's the link has started. Oh, and okay. I'm not seeing it now. I think that I think maybe that's what I'm trying to get across. Okay. Is they are not Joel and Ellie yet. And they should have started that by now. And I think you know, the level of Bill's town is where they get in the truck and that is where it begins. But I don't I, I just don't feel it because we had them you know, beginning of the episode and the end of the episode, there was no, none of that in between to like really sure. have them like the unit by the end. So no, that's you fair. Know, hopefully by episode four, like you know, they can kind of they're together or whatnot. But um, I don't know. I just I can't wait for the next episode. It's so. yeah. To your point, there's a lot riding on this relationship, right? The relationship is the entire series, from my understanding. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if they don't have chemistry, it's not really going to work. And if the show can't make them mesh, but I, I I don't know. So far, based off the last three episodes, I have confidence that they're gonna. In one in in one way or the other, I think it's gonna land no matter what. Because like people have seen the whole season, right? That's that's the other Good thing I, I I keep reminding which myself, which is so that. weird, very strange, very very Dude, strange. Like imagine House of the Dragon comes out like, and the reviews drop, and the reviewer goes, "Oh yeah, so the, it's a really great first season." I can't imagine it won't get picked up for a second. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, you've yeah. seen the whole fucking thing. Like that's <laughs> that's weird. It's crazy. Um. Okay, all right. Let's let's move along a little bit. Um, let's do it. We talk. We gotta talk about something lighter. So let's talk about Vinland Saga, <laughs> season two, episode four. So there's your spoiler warning. We gotta give spoiler warnings for this because it airs like 24 hours before we record. Um, okay, I'll start this time, but I'll I'll give it to you as a question: Is sure. this the best episode of the season so far? Yeah, uh, I would. I would tie it with the last one um, because I think they're kind of companion piece episodes in in a way. I like that. Um, so I don't think the weight of this one would matter as much. We obviously didn't have like just the most recent one. Um, Fair. Dave, what a quagmire of an episode. A lot of emotions. Um, I got to use quagmire. <laughs> yeah. The I I, I was. Like, legitimately very unsettled watching this. Um, and just... The, the guy... Or the, the voice actor for Aner. Oh, my Einer. God. Both of them, dude. Both of them, but... But, but there was... Aner, Aner, I get it. I, I, I gotta figure out... I gotta dedicate which way I'm gonna call him. But anyway, I, so Aner. What he had to convey of the confliction and just, like, the inner torment of, like... Like, the realization, you know, when Thorfinn kind of just, like, lays it out on the table, which was, in its own way, like, healthy, but, like, just super fucked up. Cathartic. <laughs> like, it was can, also almost was a relief very... for the viewer. It's like, oh, my God, when are they going to have an honest conversation? And then they finally do, and it's so dark. <laughs> it's so dark, but it's like, you know, it's cathartic. And, and that's what I'm talking about, like, just the, the you know, again, the quagmire, because... We're we're happy to see Thorfinn have this catharsis to let these moments out, but he's literally dropping a fucking nuke mm-hmm. on this guy that he just met, and you know, and you got to respect it because I think he knows the weight of what he's saying is probably going to affect this guy because his whole world was caused so much damage. So you know, stati- he's not, they're not thinking about statistics, but he has to know what he says affects everyone around him. 
Um, but in that moment, he just has to take care of himself. And then you have on the opposite of that, Einer trying to grip with his anger. And it's just, it was, you know, I think this was a better episode, obviously. But I don't know. It was just the vocal performances and the emphasis on eyes and hands and, 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 yes. and, and the mouth were crazy. I, like I'm wondering, if you're yeah. a manga reader of this... Like were has these has to be panels. Well, yeah, this is my question: is were these all panels? Because it was a really brilliant direction choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you see stuff like that in live action, but not as this this drastic. But Ainer Einer trying to get the words out and struggling, and then these close ups on the on the expressions, like that was that was cool, man. That was innovative. I mean, someone's gonna come at me and be like, oh, actually, someone did it in nineteen eighty four. But you know what I mean, like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that was, I just can't remember building tension that way. Um, it, it was very, very, very effective. And yeah, I, I got to double down on what you said, dude. The the uh, the voice acting performances were really good. I think the dude who plays Thorfinn having to scream his head off for the Night wow. Terrors, this mm. time, not, they dialed the animation, but they also, like, he really went for it this episode. Yeah, let's um, crank the audio. Yeah, <laughs> this amp goes to eleven, so we're gonna put it there for the homie's so broken, huh? Yeah, um, but it just like the scene of like, like <clears throat> my my chest was tight watching him like you know choke Thorfinn out like that, yeah. and just like the you know like the almost like the leather on leather sound of his hands around his neck. Yeah. And, like I was like, oh, this is so Yo, uncomfortable. How about that animation in the dream sequence? Yeah, I I thought that was really very unexpected because. Same. They you know, changed their entire style for it. Completely. And I want, I, you know, and that's that's another thing, too. That was what I thought, you know, similar to, you know, like the, the eyes and the mouth and the hand shots. Like, I wonder if that is in, like, a dream sequence, if in the manga that was kind of how they changed things up. Or if that's, like, an anime original thing. That'd be mm. fun. I, I almost wonder if that's, that's a, you know, like a map of joint right there. God, but don't uh, to me. I don't want to read them. I'm going gonna... to... I know. I want to so bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I don't know. It's just... And also, like, the the flashback of, or in, in, in the night terror, the dream of the old lady that oh, rescued him. Oh, I know. And, like, of course, like, his actions have completely obliterated that town. And, you know, we don't know if he, act, you know, he basically killed her, but... Uh, more or less, yeah. That was heartbreaking. Um, yeah. And it's, it's smart of them to pay tribute to that, right? Yeah. Not in, like, a My Hero Academia way, but in, like, a... Two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah it was subtle. You. And, like, I, and again, like, a And little it makes segue. sense, though. It makes, it makes sense. It works yeah. in the narrative. He was mm-hmm. upset then, and back then he was barely feeling... Like, he was just a blur of emotion. But, yeah. of course, he remembers now, because he's yeah. fucking broken. Mm. What were you going to say? Uh, it's because it, there's there's two scenes in the episode that I found like tonally very similar. It was the memory of you know the the or the imagery of the the elderly woman in, in the dream, and then the quick like the in the eye flash of Ascalad when Snake oh. takes a swing at him. I was like, oh, these guys are on the ball, man! Like, yeah, in, like super, you know, super incredible. And I love that. You know, of course, like you know, Thorfinn can recognize a true threat, and he reacts that way. Like, yeah. you know, Snake, Snake kind of throws in his face of like, saying, "See, like you, you really do want to live." And like, yeah. I get that, but I took that more as like Thorfinn knows who is truly trouble and who isn't. You know, it's but it's. I like both, but I do like both. Yeah, but I think more than both of those things, I loved that. 
Thorfinn's representation of a true threat in his mind was Askeladd's form. You know what I mean? Was that Mm -hmm. like, that's what he associates with both danger and probably a lot of other things. Yeah. Like I have psychology. The psychology of this is just (laughs) some good. good. I have to imagine we're going to explore that a lot this mm-hmm. season and i'm here for it especially his relationship with Askeladd. like yep. when i think about season finales and and pinnacle scenes and like build up and release and climaxes i think about uh the last episode of season one mm-hmm. and the last scene that those two characters shared together um and just how fucking broken up thorfinn is as a result so yeah i don't know man. this is this is the probably the best anime on right now i don't know it's it's, can't it's be not a take, right? No, no, but it's like <laughs> you know, it's it's like apples and oranges. Like it's, you know, it's all it's the same, you know, style of animation, or you know, it's the same industry, but it's 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 a fucking different beast. Like you know, what any, you know, it's if I don't know why I keep thinking to it. I'm not. I'm really not trying to bum us out here, but. As I'm watching this, all I can think about is what's going on with Two Year Eternity. And, like, what you and I are kind of out of the loop at this point. And the way way this is hitting right now, these moments that I'm feeling, the emotions that I'm feeling, is how I felt the whole run of that first season. Mm. And they were so good at crafting their story. And, you know, the animation wasn't, you know, spectacular in in Two Year Eternity. And, you know... It's okay in this. Like, it's not, you know... Good it has moments mo- and bad ones, right? Good good moments, and I would say okay moments. Yeah. Nothing, like, you know, flagrantly bad. But Yeah, I agree with that. But it's just, you know, it's... At the end of the day, the story that it's trying to tell is, is what's gonna... The animation could be bad, but as long as they were getting these emotional moments right, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the, the show excels when... Yeah, I, I don't think anything can even even touch this. Like, there's other shows that obviously look better, but they're not like you know story wise, yeah. they can't really hold their weight. So, it's... what um, two last things I'll say real quick is I dude I use the um, what song is this on my phone all the mm. time. Uh, uh, pro tip for everything, I mean, it's obvious now, but people used to always say, "Oh, why don't you use Shazam?" It's because Apple bought Shazam. So if you just ask your phone, "What song is this?" It uses um. Shazam to figure out what song is playing. You ever use that on your phone? Yeah. Usually. Yeah. I use it like fucking eight times a week. Um, but I tried it like six times in a row to see if like whatever library had been indexed to find out what song was playing in the last scene of this episode. It's like kind of Nordic. Like there's like, there's some piano and like weird shifting tones and then mm-hmm. voices chanting. Anyway, I thought it was beautiful. And it does this reveal of a guy. Um, so if one, if anyone knows that, I'm sure it's going to be in the official soundtrack for Vinland Saga. Sure. But I want it now. And two yeah. is who's the man on the horse? I'm saying it's got to be Canute, can, right? Canute, yeah, with the glow up. It's all ripped to shit. I was gonna say Canute, yeah. but a man. <laughs> man, four years can do a lot to a body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he hit puberty, like was was he yeah. supposed to be? He was. I think he was supposed to be the same age as Thorfinn. I remember them saying that, but I can't remember what age yeah. Thorfinn was supposed to be. But they're both probably around what twenty. I it's like I said last week. We we it, I think Thorfinn is supposed to be nineteen at this point. Nice. Okay. So. And wherever Canute was, there was snow, yeah. right? So clearly there may not even be on the same continent. Mm. But his story is going to kick into gear. I wonder, that'd be interesting. We kind of have this, you know, a brief reprieve on 
almost like a moment of Einer kind of reflecting on everything, and we just get like a full-on Canute episode. I think Give that'd be. I think that'd be interesting. I think now is the right time for like end scene. It all, this almost feels like a like a, a play in a lot of ways. You know, like no, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so we. I think we could use. I, get, I mean, I think they need to let this breathe a little bit and see what's going on with Canute. Yeah, they've done all the fun emotional stuff. Now you got to get to the political intrigue, right? If you think about the pacing of season one, like so much of it was about. Like, the through line was obviously Thorfinn's kind of quest for vengeance and his relationship with Askeladd, but, like, the day-to-day of the show was, like, about Askeladd's politics and what they what the Danes were up to. Mm. You know what I mean? And, like, meeting Canute, all that shit, and then, like, the huge revelations that happened at the end of the first season. So, yeah, we gotta get back to that. We have to. Okay. Want to talk about some news? Fuck. We got lots of news to talk about. We do. Let's speed through a couple of these, Grant, because some of these require more conversation than others. Um, I'll start real quick. Jujutsu Kaisen was the most profitable franchise and a most profitable anime franchise of 2022. Not breaking news when you consider it had a movie. On brand. <laughs> On brand. Had a movie, and its fucking manga has apparently just exploded, which is, Huge. again, not a shock. The one I want to talk to you about, and this this is a big one, is Last of Us has been renewed for season two. This is very interesting, and they were very upfront saying that <clears throat> season one is going to cover the first game, and season two is going to cover the second game. So uh, I, <laughs> oh, what a sticky wicket that's going to be. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So here's here's I think a reminder for you and just for gamers mm-hmm. that have played the second game. I don't know anything about the plot of season one and or the, uh, the games one and two but what i do know is game two was controversial as fuck uh and for like absolutely ridiculous reasons i the <laughs> the naysayers it, genuinely just internet trolling in my in my genuine opinion so in um, your your take is it it was kind of overblown oh my god it, it was the fucking it was just the internet being on brand like the vocal minority that's yeah. see it's tricky because i want to ask you like what considerations do we have about there being season two but i have a feeling that like plot points from season one are going to heavily influence that uh oh like sorry you mean like what happens in this season yeah it's like bumps people out for the second one yeah i don't know it's like if no, i say is no, it an no, only no. cast it's, and you say no. yes it's like does that mean everyone dies it's no it's tricky right <clears throat> no the big the biggest thing and this isn't like careful no, no very no, no, careful no. i want zero spoilers it's, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it was just like, you know, how insensitive, you know, like the internet can be about some, you know, sexual identity politics and all that. Like just, oh, okay. it, yeah, it was, it was just specifically about one character. And then there was another character where a lot of like, you know, silly, you know, incel types were like, a woman can't look like that. Like a woman can't be strong. It was like a lot of shit like that. And then there was story beats, like, which I won't touch that people like were upset with. And, but it's like, whatever. Like, I think by the end, I loved number two. I love number one. They're two different things. And I think that'll be fun to have a season one and a season two with, you know, there's like a, a through line of the world, but they're telling two different stories which i think will be fun and they had they like i think neil i think it was neil Druckmann who came out and said that he would love uh a third season to Mm -hmm. properly do the second game because i do i do think that would be the smarter choice interesting because there's a there's a lot more meat just in terms of of length yeah because i think 
you know, to really tell that story and kind of just some of the tropes they play around with in the second game, I think time might be a problem. Right. Like in season season wise, like you know, in especially if yeah. they're confined to nine episodes. I think so. So I think you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if there would be like a season two, part two, or you know, or like a season three, and it's the second the second. Don't go half. down that road. But uh, no, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see that. I really love the second game. Um, I loved what they did in the story, and I think the complaints is just, you know, a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the vocal minority stuff that you see online now, and just very insensitive and silly. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that actually makes me feel a bit better. Yeah. No, All no, right. I th- we're we're in for a ride. I'm glad to know this is going to be the first game. Yeah. So. Um. In other news, uh, Spy Family and Blue Lock, um, two huge shows. And both based off of mangas, right, I think? Mm-hmm. Spy Family is based off of manga, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and their authors were originally assistants to the GOAT, Isayama, That's... the author had... of Attack on Titan. I had no idea. This is such a cool little fun Nor fact. did I. That industry is so small, eh? Mm. The voice actors overlap, all these people know each other. Yeah. Um, it, like, some of the hidden easter eggs you see like uh isayama put better call saul in uh mm-hmm. in the manga you remember that yeah i remember you telling me that bob Odenkirk was in yeah there. and he made it into the show he's in season four which is so weird um i don't know why i brought up bob Odenkirk. i think i meant to bring up examples of like manga artists have put each other's characters into oh yeah like uh, uh yeah. chainsaw man's in my hero you know yeah uh, uh saitama from one punch man shows up everywhere yeah 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 yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to hand it over to you for a little bit here. Uh, so, King of the Hill, the original American anime, is set to return via Hulu, and all the original cast is coming back. Dave, are, were you a King of the Hill fan back in the day? Grant? No, I wasn't. Holy fuck. <laughs> King, of the, King of the Hill is, like... Don't. Don't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tremendous. Like, Ugh, I knew you going to like it. Of course they love, love King of the Hill. <laughs> um, the King of the Hill was so nice around it, i felt i always hated because it, it got lumped in with like family guy and the simpsons you mean superior shows well okay but you know like it's just it's just not that like it's 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 weird and quirky in its own way it has more similar to that f is for family show than okay any of those other ones like you know like it's interesting it's, it get it gets lumped in because it's you know it's animated, like somewhat right? you know adult animation or whatever um but goddamn king of the hill is fucking fantastic <laughs> it's so it is good it is. honestly oh it's honestly it's very good very very good god okay uh, fine fair enough so you're gonna have to fill me on this one so what's going on nate bargazzi right okay so uh, occasionally we start we uh talk a little bit about stand-up comedy on the uh on the podcast mm. This literally happened today, and I was interested. Because um, I went to tune in. You know, I'm really, really big fan of stand-up comedy. And Nate Bargatze is this comic that has been around for a while. But as you'll kind of note, like, it takes comedians a long time to take off, right? Sure. So Nate's been around for, like, a decade. But I want to say he's really hit in the last three years. I would say really, really discovered uh, in the pandemic and um, his last special was actually shot in COVID outdoors. Um, I saw that one. Nominated for a Grammy, you know, up against Chappelle and like really, really big names. So he's really done uh, really great work. And I have to say, and you won't notice it. You could watch his whole special and you won't notice this. He's one of the only clean working comics today that regularly sells out theaters. Like <laughs> he's huge. Doesn't swear, no dirty joke. Not because like he's above it. 
just like he prefers not to. It's like him and Jim Gaffigan. And Jim sure. Gaffigan's 90% of his material is about food, so he barely counts. Still? <laughs> but yes, fine. I'm not taking shots. I'm just saying, you know, for, for fun, uh, Bragazzi, clean comics. So he's been promoing his new special called Hello World, which launched on Amazon Prime today. And I was like, wow, you know, he left Netflix. That's like a big deal in the business. And he went over to Prime. I wonder how that's going to work out. I, you know, I wanted to watch it, but to support him in because I love stand-up comedy. And I go to watch it, and it's not there. And so he, he clearly did not know this. And I imagine he must, well, he's probably finally swearing. Um, he clearly <laughs> didn't know this. But the stand-up special launched only in the U.S. today, and only in the U.K. No other countries on the entire planet have access to it. And oh. Amazon citing technical delays, technical issues to make it available. So they can't make it available in Canada and everywhere else in the whole world until February 17th. And he's been on, like, a, I don't know, a four-week presser tour for this. Jeez. Like... That's a fuck-up. Disaster. <laughs> like, uh... Just, I, I don't know, I, I just thought, like, wow, that's, what a fucking bummer. Um, I don't know, like, you know, that's just one of those things you take for granted, I think, when you're creating original content on Netflix. Like, let's say it's an MCU movie, right? Obviously, they have to license it from the studio, and in different studios with different countries, you have different agreements, so, like, Canada might have Avengers 1, but the U.S. may not, right? Mm. But, like, when you own the content, and you have paid for it and it's original like the witcher like you just put that on and it you flip a switch and it's available globally right mm, yeah and i think you know everyone's just kind of takes that for granted especially because netflix has kind of become the hub for stand-up comedy sure so he took this risk and went over to amazon and i'm sure they wanted him but man not a good start wow that's brutal yeah i know i feel bad for the guy damn yeah you'll figure it out at He'll least it's coming out at least it's coming out yeah um, so here's a fun one. So, um, and this is, I did a little, it's funny. I saw this headline today and I definitely had an eyebrow raise and I'll get into that in a second, but Amazon has reportedly bought the re- reportedly bought the rights to the Tomb Raider franchise for $600 million. Uh, that's games, movies, the whole, like everything. So here, here's what's interesting. So MGM up until May of, uh, 2022 owned the rights to Tomb Raider. Okay. Amazon also recently bought MGM around the same time. Hmm. So MGM lost the rights to Tomb Raider, and it was like uh, kind of like a use it or lose it kind of deal. Yeah. And the sale went out. So Embracer Group, which is this one of, it was kind of this big thing in game right now. There's a lot of these companies kind of popping up. Some of them are in China. Some of them are like in um, uh, like uh, uh, like Scandinavia area. I think like a Nordic company. So Embracer Group is, is that one. So they bought the rights to Tomb Raider for three hundred million dollars. Right? They've had it for half a year, and now Amazon is buying it for $600 million. So essentially, they lost it. And like Embracer Group made like essentially $300 million off this. It's like they bought it and sold it back to Amazon, technically back to Amazon, and made a profit of $300 million. Very interesting. I I would not be surprised if more of this is going to come out soon. Yeah, that sounds very messy. Very messy. So, because I I looked up like the purchase dates from Amazon to MGM and when MGM lost the rights and all that. It's it's very very all close within each other. So murky, um, very very murky. So I think that's we'll see. Dude, that is goes. Tomb Raider like like is I know I clearly it's quote big like based on these figures, but like yeah. were you a big Tomb Raider guy? 
not like the OG OG. Um, you know, like I think we were a little. I think that was like just before us. Um, but like, have any of these movies crushed, or is is most of the revenue all in the games? I think it's games um, mainly. Um, like Square, like Square Enix had them for the longest time. They didn't know what to like. You know, they made three very good Tomb Raider mm-hmm. games, uh, but like you know, the Square Enix didn't know what to do with them. So when they they sold off like Crystal Dynamics, like company that made them ga- made those games recently, they sold them off to Embracer. Now I don't know if Amazon now also. They probably don't own Crystal Dynamics, but I think they just own the rights to all of it. So it's kind of a bummer if Crystal Dynamics doesn't make to, get to make another Tomb Raider game because they are fantastic. Like the, the, the three they made are very very good. So, but uh, yeah, and I I'm, I'm going to be looking into this a little more. It's very this one just completely. This is like my shit. I'm going to dig dig yeah, into yeah. this. So keep us posted. But, uh, yeah, keep going. Uh, so this is this is another <laughs> a lot of rights thing. Very very. I think this is more murky. So. Exit talks have begun for both the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit franchises, mm-hmm. and but or it's be, it's between the Middle Earth Enterprises and Warner Brothers. So yeah. it's there. I remember reading it not too long ago. So there's like three or four different divisions of all the Lord or like Lord of the Rings Empire yeah. that everyone owns like a different cut of. It's kind of similar to like Sony and and uh, Disney dealing with the Spider Man stuff. Yeah, it's weird. like, well, I remember you had to give me this whole breakdown when Rings of Power came on. It's like, no, no. Yeah. Amazon doesn't own Lord of the Rings IP. They own this sliver between uh, like, yeah, the Second own... Age and before The Hobbit, which is that's, so fucking weird. That's all they got, and they got to work around that. So it's, right now, like, Warner Brothers is kind of just, like, dumping everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's just going to be another casualty. I bet you we're going to get some new Lord of the Rings movies soon. <laughs> what do you, what'd you say? I think we're gonna get some more Lord of the Rings movies and Hobbit stuff. Like, I think someone is gonna stack this up. I, I don't think Disney would be able to go for it. I'm sure they would try, um, but uh, I think this is gonna be another rat race trying to get all the a Lord of the Rings IP swallowed up. Maybe just or like... Amazon. Let's think Amazon just bought Tomb Raider. I think they bought on the wrong day. <laughs> yeah, they should have swallowed up all the other uh, Middle Earth stuff that's uh, yeah. coming up. But yeah, I know this is this is super messy, man. Curious to see where it goes and if anyone yeah. does anything with it. Um, okay, James Gunn, DCEU. So we've been covering this like sort of saga ever since uh, James Gunn and Peter What's-His-Face have like taken over as co-CEOs over at Warner Brothers Studios. I finally or, learned his name today after all these articles. What is it, Peter... Saffron? Forgettable? What? <laughs> Peter Forgettable, let's call him that. Sorry, yeah. Peter. It's just that I think it, they've, you know, all jokes aside, they've made it very clear through action that James Gunn is the face behind this right like mm-hmm. i'm sure peter forgettable is very involved and very bright <laughs> well we'll reserve judgment to see how this actually works out but it's clear that like even in today's announcement it's james gunn on camera right mm. P- the person taking questions and doing interviews for the future of the dceu is is james gunn sure um but they're co-running it and so they announced today and this is like there's a lot of anticipation behind this because everybody's been talking like what the fuck are they gonna do right like all this news came out they're not gonna do another aquaman after this next one the flash movie's a question mark um henry cavill got fired as superman like so what are you gonna do so today they put out a press release james gunn put out a five minute video on the dc youtube video basically explaining um their plans for the next eight to ten years excellent video good video um and he uh he says this is kind of like part one right like Mm -hmm. there's probably going to be more announcements and i think only one or two of these things actually have release dates but they're basically just saying here are our intentions yeah loosely 
We're not going to go over every single one, mm-hmm. but the broad strokes are five movies, five TV shows, mm-hmm. even one animated TV show, I think. Which, Maybe two. This still has looked amazing. They did. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing is what? Uh, the one thing with a um, release date is Superman Legacy 2025. Mm-hmm. No casting announced. James Gunn's still writing it, so that's only two and a half years away, so they better boogie, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure they're going to be moving on that pretty quick. Um, that's probably the like the forefront of everything. The synopsis released for Superman Legacy, yeah, because they kind of said that's like kind of birthing the new DCEU. Sure. Um, the synopsis released, they say not an origin story, but like it reads very much like an origin story. It's like, he, you know, Clark Kent kind of battles his inner turmoil while trying to figure out how to juggle his like you know his personal relationships and being superman it's like i think it might drop us into like he's been superman for two years kind of actually like maybe maybe like what they did with the tom holland spider-man thing sure like you know how they just skipped it yeah and they were like he's in high school he's already spider-man we're here yeah so maybe that's what they do um so that's first up i think probably the biggest the biggest nugget to me in here grant was dc elseworlds yes so this the, did you know this was a thing in the comics the the, the naming yeah no, I, I didn't i didn't know that i'm not i was never much of a dc guy yeah i mean basically the idea is that like they're gonna have just side projects that use the ip that aren't connected to the dceu so, so they made the, the batman the joker batman 2 like our bats um joker with joaquin and the Penguin TV show won't touch any of this. Mm. And, and, and if any of those have sequels, you know, presumably they also won't touch this. So I think they made the hard choice, right? It, and it, like, tell me if I'm being a little too reductive or maybe a little too harsh. But it kind of feels like, look at, look at the Batman mm-hmm. and look at Joker. Joker won Best Actor, mm-hmm. right? Batman has Oscar noms. People were furious it didn't get Best Score nominated nominated on the shortlist. Sure. Um, so you have movies like that, Matt Reeves, um, Todd Phillips at the helm, and then you have everything else in the DCU, and it felt like they were like, you know what? Like, there's going to be critically acclaimed movies, and there's going to be, like, the Academy movies, where, like, we let people do the artsy stuff, and, like, may- like it kind of feels like they're just letting those go and letting allowing them to exist because... They're great, even though it muddies the waters a bit. I think, I think them clearly naming it is. If there's one thing that came out of this video, is everything was clear and concise. So they have, and you know, again, not just you and I. I think the internet and media as a whole has been like, this is a mess. We don't know what's Mm -hmm. what. This it it set some ground rules, which I liked, and I think you know it's the first step to like you know them kind of do what they need to do. Um, but I think they had too big of hits to like do away with them, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a shame with, you know, the, the, all the stuff with Henry Cavill. I think if those movies had panned out a little differently, he would still be around regardless of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, James Gunn saying like, oh yeah, no, 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 like it's a new story younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's, I think that's them saving face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, like they're not just going to throw away this Batman movie, which, you know, and the Joker, like that's nice. I'm glad those are staying. The thing that really stuck out to me was when they brought up, again, here we go, diving back into The Flash, but he made a point of The Flash is going to be the official rebooting into this new chapter. Yeah. They recently had those reshoots, 
like within the past yeah. couple months. So I'm wondering if that was them getting back in there saying, all right, this but, is a good movie. We have like, you know, kind of canon what makes sense to like reset through this movie. That's exactly I, what I thought. I think they're getting back in there to like, just, all right, we're done. Like you're the, <laughs> you're going to be like the, you know, the, the handoff. That's, that's your role now. But uh, yeah. I think that's going to get people back in the theater to see that reboot. I think it's a little sneaky and it's, it's very smart marketing on their part, whether it's, you know, whether that's really the intention, but I truly think it is. I think that's how they're trying to it would be get more people back in for this. A smart play if that's what they did. Right. Yeah. Like you have one character that can time travel. Mm-hmm. right and that could like flash could easily go back in time and or, or not even back in time he could wind up in another universe right yep. boom done fixed problem solved um henry cavill doesn't exist and yep. you know what you know what is also weird of the five movies that they have announced like there's there's supergirl swamp thing the authority superman legacy already mentioned and the one i find the most interesting the brave and the bold so like they're going Batman. ahead another batman they're going ahead with another batman that will run in uh what's the word grant not perpendicular in parallel mm. <laughs> it'll run in parallel with the, the matt reeves movies but like the, like again to your point it's concise it's clear this batman is the batman in the dceu not pattinson i just i just wonder and like i guess we'll see and this maybe just be the cynicism in me but i feel like having two really waters it down but maybe maybe <sighs> They just truly believe it doesn't matter. The appetite is that big. So and here's the, here's the movies the are so different. You know what I mean? We have... So, the new Batman's coming out in 2025. Yeah. Same year as Superman. I think... I think they're going to try and wrap up this map. I, I think this Elseworlds thing is going... I think the only thing we're going to see with it is what's been announced and what is coming. Oh, so you that's think like they kill anything else? I think, I think this is like... It's Elseworlds for now until like we you know put the bullet in it. And then mm. everything else. So, you know, our paths will get his, you know, second Batman movie. They'll kind of tee but that. But then he's Unless, done? I think he's done after that, yeah. I think if it does, like, crazy gangbusters and it's, like, the best Batman movie ever made, then that obviously they, they might, you know, course correct. But I think get these out. They've been announced. They're done. It's and, crazy, uh, eh? No one... It feels like nobody gets their, like... No one wins. <laughs> no one win. No one gets the Robert Downey Jr like 10 film arc chris evans like here's the whole thing but it's so funny because you know what i guarantee both those actors would have killed for Mm. is a joker-esque style movie where it's just a character study that happens to be in in franchise ip right like tried that with some of the iron man movies though iron man 3 they that's they took a swing at that they took a swing but it's still it's still like practically a G movie for families, right? Sure, like at the 100%. end of the day, there's yeah, ACDC yeah. blaring. He's in the suit. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's making yeah, 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 dick yeah. jokes. Like, but there's a lot of darkness to Iron Man, and there's there's always been hints to it that he's a broken character. But like, he mm. never got his three hour character study movie, right? Yeah. No, it's um, that's what everybody wants. I feel like that's what you sign up for. Yeah. You want to thank the Academy? Like, yes, I brought a superhero character to the screen. And I was so good that I won an Oscar. And it's like, I remember Marvel, do you remember? (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because I remember Marvel and the Russos were trying to say Robert should be nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Mm. Endgame. And it was like, they couldn't, like, you can't justify that. You just can't. Like, he's great. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's not, how would you measure that performance? You know what I mean? It's just tricky. Um, I think the closest that came was Civil War. 
Truly. Same, same, but yeah. same. And it's because of, and you know what's funny? Civil War, like, yeah, like, fine, they have the airplane, uh, the hangar fight, right, with all the Avengers fighting each other. Yeah. But, like, the best Everything scenes of that, yeah. of that movie, like, it's not an Avengers save the world movie. It's it's inner conflict, actual relationship stakes movie, right? The whole movie hinges on the relationship between Cap and Steve. Yeah. no, it's... And that's by far the best part for me, which is and hilarious. We're, and we're now so far from that. It's, yeah, uh, we are. <laughs> um, I, this is fun though. It all, it opens the sweepstakes to you know. There's going to be another new Batman. There's going to be another new Superman. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who they're going to cast. That's always exciting. I've been trying to figure out. Batman just only popped in my head today. Obviously, with the oh, we news. didn't know, yeah. Uh, but the Superman thing has been really like I cannot visualize anyone. Dude, me neither. It's tricky. Like this Cavill thing is a fucking problem. Um, because to your point, like yeah, if those movies had just done a little better, but it's like. And not even Cavill got a fair shake. It feels like everybody in the Snyderverse kind of got a little fucked. Like, I think honestly, the only per- and it doesn't even like hundred percent in my mind, it doesn't even hundred percent work. But the only the only person I can think of is Miles Teller. Fuck. Yeah, but like I don't even. But I, I don't even know. But like literally, I can't think of anyone unless it's just going to be a total left field. Like, ah, we well, you know Superman. what? I think Miles Teller did just complete like the studio steroid regiment for top gun maverick like he's looking good yeah he looks more like superman now than he'd ever did like yes when you say miles teller i always think of whiplash and it's like no he's like a he's like a fully trt version of that now yeah so that might not be a bad strong job superman and (laughs) and critically acclaimed actor right it's like you want to get someone with like training who's like been in big movies but hasn't been the star right Mm. like you can't you don't typically take an already popped huge A-lister and then... Or, or maybe you do. I don't know. Like, that's what they did with our pats. I don't know. I don't uh, know. A little... I think that was a little... I think the... I think there's two different tactics. Or there's different tactics based on the two types of characters. So, like, Batman, I think, is a little more... Is a little easier to cast, you know, based on... Because there's so many different eras of, of, of Batman and, and visual styles... And there's a lot of that with Superman too, but at the end of the day, a lot of the time it comes down to is he old or is he young? You know, there's not much point. in between uh, for for Superman, or as Batman, they can. You know, no, that's a really good point. So. I mean, Henry Cavill was going on forty, right? I think the age thing at the time or now, you mean now? But well, like, okay. no, but imagine saying you're. We need you for a decade to be yeah. Superman. Like. 100%. That's tough. He'd be 50 in the last yep. movie, you know? Like, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm curious to see who they replace him. It's going to be tough because even though I don't think he made a definitive Amazing Superman movie, I don't know if there is a, de- a definitive Amazing Superman movie, like, in existence. Yeah, not the not in the modern sense. And unfortunately, I think... Man of Steel's probably the best. Mm. And I like so. And that's not a bad movie. But it, was, it was a good movie. I, yeah. I remember that being a huge deal when I was... I remember, like, genuinely being excited to see that. Because I, I think... Snyder was good there. That was a good movie. Like, the action was, was really good. That was a good movie. I even liked uh, uh, Michael Shannon as General Zod. Like, I know people goofed on it a little bit. But it was... They took it there. It was pretty dark. You know, where Superman yeah. kind of toes the line of, you know, being semi-family-friendly family yeah. friendly and uh, pretty dark. But... Uh, um i think the only other last thing is like they're gonna bring back uh lanterns right a lot of oh, these yeah. names TV like, show yeah, yeah. Uh, amanda waller was coming back mm-hmm. swamp thing is interesting too swamp thing as a movie yeah 
yeah so i guess yeah we'll see we'll see how it all goes we got some stuff yeah uh dave tell me about your continued journey with uh, trigon trigon okay so as far as trigon goes you know last week just to bring people up to speed i told grant i was over it i had like watched the uh i'd watched the intro to episode three and just turned it off i was like enough of this shit um and then i went on a rant about how i hated the the you know i've been on a rant like every time i've mentioned it about how i don't like the animation style and i stick to that sure um but grant was like so high off of episode three that he was like you really got to watch it the intro is like the worst part of the episode and you're right like it's a total misdirect Mm -hmm. like and i i give them credit for that it's funny because I was like so at the end of my rope with the show that like when that intro for episode three happened, I was like, nah, fuck this. And then they immediately resolve that like monster of the week problem. Yeah. Like five minutes into the episode. And I was like, oh, okay. So what happens? And you had kind of told me like, listen, it's the big bad. It's like a tone shift. It's like a turning point episode. Um, and you were right. Episode three was by far the best they've done. No, no qualms, no arguments for me there. Um, I loved the violence, the darkness, the voice acting, yeah. the musical direction, the score, the sliced up the mountain. How wild was that? Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was sick. I'm, yeah. it, it was sick. I think, yeah. I think that's like the, to wrap up the episode. Um, like and I watched the next episode. Yeah. That's, that's how high I was on it. Like I okay, watched. Okay. So did. How do you feel on episode four? Is it similar? Like, you know, I don't like what I'm seeing, but like, they just have these moments of like, wow, like, I really love what they did there visually, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that seems to be it. Like, it seems to be the show isn't, the show annoys me until it does something cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's tough because I don't want to dump on shit, all, dump on things all the time, but like, I shouldn't be having to sit there and be like, oh, this is bad until it's good. Is it going to be worth it this episode? You know what I mean? Like, no, it's just I, I uh, it's just not on the whole. Like, it just is so weird to me. I see people losing their shit about the animation, and, like, I get it. Like, the character design, the, the fluidity, and the, of, and the CG and some of the 3D stuff, and the colors are breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. But, like, you can't... No one watching this show can tell me that the dialogue, like, everything in between that doesn't look janky. It just does. Yeah, no, and I, I found the most recent episode four, the most recent one, to be, like, the most, like, oh, my God, like, let's go, like, let's move, let's move, oh, okay, that's something cool looking, okay, let's, it just, you know, like, I, I, I'm very aware of my relationship with this show and, like, why I'm yeah. watching it, um, and I just, I, I think they've had so many instances of just, like, amazing visuals, like, I'm sure the story kicks in. I do feel, I do feel like... It seems almost out of order. Do you, do you have that feeling as well? Like, you know, that stuff that happened in episode three, like, that should have been a finale, you know? Or, like, getting yeah. up to, like, almost the penultimate episode. And it's weird. Like, I, I don't know the direction the story is going. I'm a little lost. You know, like, I don't know, like, you know, they're doing this whole, like, who's good, who's bad. Like, I, I'm just, like, I turn my brain off. I'm just mm-hmm. enjoying it for the visual spectacle. Um, but, and if anything along the way, you know, it proves me wrong and I am becoming invested in it, I'm watching anyway, so that's, that's great. But yeah, uh, I'll probably, I'll probably watch a few more. It's, it's funny, man, because I know this is a, like a reimagining of the original IP is how it was described. Yeah. And I did watch the pilot for this months ago. Um, same. Yeah. And 
I, like the darkness from Ayn, the villain slash brother guy, like I I'm so curious to s- what that's like in the original anime. I I have full intention to go back and watch the original. Yeah, yeah. I, man, dude, it's funny because it's like, and and I I'm sure this joke has been made. I've probably made this joke. It's like, man, if you want to see like a better version of this, I more so want to tell you to watch Cowboy Bebop because we're still sure. watching that right now and it's so good. Mm. Um, Trigun. The, the the pilot that I watched of the original was super light, like almost yeah, too light. Yeah, I, I didn't dig, I didn't dig the pilot. It so, just kind of bounced off it. I'm curious if anyone out there listening, like, like does the original Trigon have like some darkness to it that kicks in? Because to be fair, for this one, like this level of darkness and violence wasn't really present in the show until it was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it literally showed up out of nowhere. Sure. So I don't know. I, I'll I'll keep plugging away. My Hero, Academia, what is this, season 6, episode 17? So, Grant, we got two back-to-back, like, backstories. Say back yeah. one more time. Um, but, yeah, we got, because who who we got last week? Was it Hawks? Uh, like, majority of Hawks, yeah. Most of the episodes. And then a little bit of Endeavor stuff kind of thrown in there. And this is, like, primarily Dobby. <laughs> it's it's predominantly, like, the, the Todoroki family uh, nightmare scenario uh growing up in that hustle dave they uh they did a very good job with uh making endeavor a huge piece of shit and also a devil in that house like very a very well directed episode. dude this show doesn't make any fucking sense like no I know. it has no business doing this good of a job <laughs> yeah. like trying to represent domestic violence in a in a family like yeah like this is the same show that like that we watched like eight episodes ago. You know what I mean? It doesn't make yep. sense. Like this was a fantastic episode. Um, it's just so fucking weird. Like they have such weak moments and then they put out such shockingly good episodes sometimes. Absolute haymakers. Like it's crazy to me. The peaks uh, yeah. and valley on my hero and valleys on my hero academia have to be like the deepest and highest. Uh, like it's absurd. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I like, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast. Like, are they really going to tackle like domestic violence mm-hmm. like abuse and and i just remember being like no like they're they're kind of remember like back in season five when we were just all together pissed off about the show yeah and some of the endeavor stuff was happening and they were like what so they're trying to redeem his character because they kind of set him up as a villain when we met shoto yeah and now they're just going to not mention it and like to their credit like they didn't forget like they're circling back and they're spending time on it and like I it, like all that, but it does, it does kind of put like like in looking back at those moments of season five. I remember you and I kind of being like very suspicious of what was like taking place, yeah. and like the internet as a whole was like losing their mind. Um, but you know, again, like you know, trying to do the redemption thing of like all you know his, and like they were kind of front and center about like how shitty he was, and then you know, so it, it's an interesting series of events. We get that like we know he wasn't a good guy. Then we get the redemption, attempt at the redemption, like a little bit of redemption each season. And then they like loop back to like the horror show that it was. I thought it's, in looking back, it's a very weird turn of events. Like, it all, again, speaking back to Trigon, like, it almost seems out of order. You know, usually you would see this thing like, they get the really bad shit out of the way yeah. first. And then they work the way. But like, they really kind of like dangled the fruit of like, oh no, no, like he can be good. And it didn't go anywhere. And then, I don't know, it's just, 
you know, the there's one shot. I, I, I took a photo of it because it just blew me away of, like, there's a shot. I think when he... Um, it would have been the scene like where Dobby kind of makes the attempted attack on Shoto, yeah, and like his eyes just go like like he becomes like a nuke, and I was like that is one of the scariest things. Like send it send it to me. I'll put it on our Instagram. Yeah, it, I told wild. you like I take screenshots all the time for our Instagram of like sure. really impactful yeah. frames. I bet it's a good one. Oh, but yeah, there, there are some nuts. stills in this episode, man. Um, yeah, I, I like I like the reverse that they've done here. Like I yep. like. They've been humanizing Endeavor. They spent some time on like him, you know, him coming to terms with what he's done. But it's so different when you see what he's done yeah. from from the perspective of his wife and the perspective of his children. You know what I mean? Like it was I, good to see in the scene yeah. that like he was not being left off, like you know, let off the hook at all. But like I think yeah. that unfortunately, unfortunately, I do feel like you know we have. You know, we were given this, you know, how crazy it was. And, you know, we can, like, again, like, we can all agree that, like, he was a huge piece of shit. But I do think at the end of this, it might, you know, they're going to, like, defeat Dobby or whatever. There's going to be, like, a moment of peace. But I think they're going to blow right past it. And, like, the finality of it's going to kind of get swept under the rug. Certainly like, possible. Like, this yeah. just doesn't seem like the show, you know. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I think the important thing will be... Because he's, I think this coming episode or the, you know episode eighteen, you know this Saturday, I'm they've kind of teed up. There's going to be a speech of some sort, mm -hmm. and I really hope they land that and they can kind of keep. I think they can. I think I really hope they can stick to it and pull off a proper apology and like seeing him, you know, atone, try, attempting to properly atone, mm -hmm. and then also like you know, I would also like to see him, you know, kind of, you know come true to what he has done wrong and, and yeah, so i think this next episode is going to be very important in this whole kind of messy arc that we've been dealing with for you know two seasons two three seasons yeah we've been at it yeah um but no i'm, I'm curious to see where it goes i'm sure yeah i'm sure deku is going to be fine like i feel like they're trying to kind of build anticipation on like how bad is the main character of a show that doesn't end and <laughs> like it's like he's gonna yeah. be fine yeah yeah um, he's yeah he's narrating the from the future i think he's fine yeah um Okay, dude, let's finally talk about Revenger. Revenger. Fuck, man. This is, like, my sleeper hit of the season. Or one. There's there's another show. Maybe we'll talk about next week. But Revenger is one of my most sought-after shows each week. Yeah, man. So, okay. So, we're, we might be on different pages. Here's my Revenger pitch. Okay. When I'm done with everything else, I look around, and I'm always like, oh, there's a new episode. Okay, I'll check it out. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> Brutal. That's where I'm at. But that's not. But you know yeah. what I mean. Like no, I'm not no. angry. I'm not angry watching it. Like I'm angry watching Trigun. So it's like, <laughs> to be yeah. fair, I do. I genuinely enjoy it. But it's mm -hmm. not like my uh, dark horse. It sounds like it's it, your dark horse. No, no. I, I, I think that's giving it a little too much praise. I think, I like it because it does a lot of things like better than, better than average. You know, like I think that's it's a so great far, way to say it. There's there's a couple things in the show that it it really does excel in. Um, the OP fucking banger. Let's you know like come on, um, incredible yeah, it is. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. But they, you know, because this is the show I've watched majority of the episodes with with headphones on. Wait, by the um, way, I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt you. Yeah. 
Vinland Saga, are you telling me after that depressing episode, the the ED didn't finally hit? <sighs> it hit. I still don't like the one part in the song. It really bugs me. It actually when I see me. you, we have to go to the verse and see if we're talking about the same one. Okay, because there's some stuff like vocal, you know, trills that they do that I really, really like. All right, right. But uh, there's Fair one part that just it was like, ugh. Okay. We, we okay. should mention back to Avenger. We're caught up. We're on episode four. Episode four, yes. Um, so the sound design, maybe not so much the sound design, but I think the the soundtrack from scene to scene is so exceptionally done. Like the they nail tone of the scene in with, with kind of sounds and genres that I wouldn't necessarily expect with. Hmm. It's it's very well done. I I can't describe it, but it's the thing I'm drawn to every episode of like, oh my god, that's a kind of like a really cool kind of tune they're using for this to you know express this emotion, and it's very like, oh that's the perfect sound for what they're talking about, or it's yeah. the perfect you know to the, and, and a lot of shows you know anime that's always I think anime you know in like the top three biggest things, you know sound you know visuals like it's it's everything right, but I think the show just really really nails it. Um, it's a little goofy, you know, yep. in spots, and it's like, in goofy the way that Licorice Recoil was goofy, you know, where it's like it's not so outlandish, like it's still kind of within the breadth of what they're doing. Um, the like, you know, the mystery is kind of cool, um, and for me, I think the biggest thing, my least favorite episode is the pilot because I think it's messy. It's like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of baggage. Too, they they tried to do too much. It feels like yes, and my biggest takeaway was it with it is you know the main character uh, uh karumi is his name anyway the samurai guy yeah yeah you know like he you know he's essentially tr- you know for anyone who hasn't hasn't uh, watched the show you know he's tricked into killing his father or his soon-to-be father-in-law and then you know his fiance this is all in the pilot uh his you know his fiance takes her life you know because from like the Essentially, because the father-in-law is supposed to be like this opium dealer, he's bringing opium into the country. Yeah, ends up not being true, and you know he's tricked into killing him, and like he has all this shame, and they keep bringing up each episode of like he's never gonna have a normal life because of mm-hmm. like what he did, and it's they've really done a good job at like not skating away from the actions that take place in that first episode, and I think that's gonna be continued to return, and I think that's gonna be like the biggest you know, focal point of the story is going to be, like, him having to, whether defend himself or, like, his actions are going to come back on him. And they've alluded to that through, like, this kind of, uh, you know, secret church and, like, this assassination society. Dave, this show is doing, it's just taking a fucking swing, you know? It is. Yeah, it's it's really cool. They're giving it a go. Like, the dude, the doctor guy with the giant bow and arrow, (laughs) like, every time he whips that thing out, it's only been a couple times, I'm like, oh, here Mm. we go. Um, but it gets me oddly hype. I'm audibly laughing and also have genuine anticipation anytime the fucking white haired dude with the with the back oh, yeah. piece kills somebody. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's gonna do the thing. He's gonna drop, do the thing. <laughs> hits him with the gold, drops the rope half the corner. Yeah, so good. So absurd, so good. but so yeah. fun. Like, um, I love <laughs> yeah, it. You know, they've got we've got like a little foursome. Like we've got like a little group. Um. The show's growing. I, yes. I don't know. Like, it's it's just not like... I don't know. It feels like so standard and then so not. Yeah. But, it, but it's new. I don't know. There's something it's original, about it. right? It's not an adaptation. Like it's, oh, no? It's an it's anime original. So, like, you know, this is the kind of the things we see. I think that's why it reminds me so much of Licorice Recoil. Because they're, they're clearly trying to find 
they're trying to put on the suit that they want to you know present themselves in right like but there's a lot of baggage they gotta get across like you know they have no you know onboarding fans from yeah. an original you know product or whatever so it's it has a lot of heavy lifting to do and i think with that in mind i think it's nailing it yeah and i don't mean this as shade but like isn't it crazy when you think about this show and then other original like how hard that is to do and then in spite of that how fantastic licorice recoil was yeah and and vivi fluorite like mm-hmm. good lord like that just oh, seems... no, wow yeah that was on a different level no it, it was but it's yeah. crazy you know what i mean like it's just so much it's such an absurd amount of work but yeah i'm you know i don't know this is uh i think i don't know when it airs but it's in like my saturday watch queue like i, I, think, I, I do bounce think it's saturdays yeah okay i bounce between this and like my hero to trigun to this you know what i mean i try to frame trigun between things that i like I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that you're digging it. Yeah. What do you think? Do we wrap up here? We got time for anything else? Uh, move to the Q and A. Let's let's talk. Let's talk. Okay, I watched one episode of Blue Lock. I'm I'm just gonna say I'm gonna watch more. Um, I'm I think I'm back in. So I watched episode three. Like, <laughs> bad episode. Great ending. <laughs> What happens? Great ending. What happens? So it, it okay. So it's the first match uh, as a team, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's just kind of like the the whole team is like fighting for the ball, and it's like more of like why I dipped out of like it's just like a bunch of assholes like trying to be like the number one, and I was like, hey, it's just more. And then you know the they kind of the main character who again I don't I don't know I don't Isagi. remember yeah he kind of it clicks. He's like, oh shit, like this is what he means, and like or from like the presenter guy. The, like the puppet master guy, Ego, like, yeah. essentially gives him. Is that his name? Ego. Yeah, dude. Oh fuck off. <laughs> That's perfect. Um. Anyway, so he gives him a hint or whatever, and you know, uh, the MC kind of puts it together, and they have that real. It's a and again, it's a very very good scene in the locker room, where they're like, "Okay, like you know, we're doing it wrong. I don't think this is actually about us trying just to be all like strikers or whatever." Mm-hmm. And the guy, you know, the this ego guy kind of pops back in, and, I was, and he's like, ah, yeah, like you figured it out. And I was just like, I laughed out loud. I was like, all right, we're in for a ride here. I'm just going to, like, buckle down. And, like, I, I see, I literally felt the page turn with the ending of this episode. And I was like, okay, I think I think there's more to it. Clearly more, because I know you're loving it. And I, you know, I love your tastes, and, you know, you, you're very drawn to, like, good things. So It's also um, possible yeah. that, like... Because I do, I do think when I said I love it, and I do love it. Like, I just watched the most recent episode. I was laughing like an idiot. But it's kind of like the way... I don't... Like, I'm laughing not because I'm in awe of, like, the creative genius of the plot. I'm just like, I can't... Oh, yeah. I can't believe how hype I get over something so ludicrous. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, despite it being a show about soccer, a thing I don't care about... Mm. in unbelievable circumstances that are absurd like i can't not watch you know what i, I mean? think i think it's clearly a hype show um yeah you know because there's the moment like i think i think where i first started you know trending towards like oh i think i know what dave likes about this i think i know what i would like about this mm-hmm. um and i could see it moving away from what i had originally seen because i did not like those first two episodes yeah i, mean, I like that. said i I did not like the first, you know, three or the three quarters uh, of this one, but it's when okay, what's the main character's name? Isagi. 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 So he does that move and he pulls off a pass and it mm. goes to you know the guy who I'm assuming is going to be the striker or whatever, 
And it was just like the animation of him doing like that sidekick. I was kind of like, oh shit, like that was you know that was fucking sick. So like, they... I think there's that's the show, right? It's these hype moments where you know they can kind of you know it's do weird, three, man. four an episode potentially or more. It's yeah. Their their batting average on their animation quality is absurdly high. Yeah. Like, I'm tr- I'm trying to look at everything else we're watching right now. Like you know we talked about Vinland Saga. It's like good, not great. My hero has its moments. Like, in terms of just pure animation, it might be the best thing consistently airing. Like, it's, uh, it's, like, they've got the budget with this. Sure. Thing. I think they knew they had a hit, right? And it's also, like, a sports anime. You kind of can't cheap out. huge manga, from what I can tell. As yeah, well. it's so massive. It is, yeah. Has a lot of fan base. Yeah. But, um, so that was supposed to be quick. But, again, I watched the pilot to Summertime Render. Oh, shit. Uh, That's another one with high animation quality. Yeah, so how how much of that have you watched? Um, I've got it in my notes here. I am on episode seven. Okay, so, like, I'm in. This is, you know, you and I both were, like, really looking forward to the show, but then it got, you know, uh, 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 Disney jailed. Yeah. And I knew the show was going to be a mystery. Um, so that, you know, that's, I, I knew what I was kind of getting into. Uh, what an ending of a pilot. Um, we will be back next week because I, I, I watched I watched the pilot like an hour before we started recording tonight and it's uh, all I've been thinking about. So, um, fuck yeah. We will be back summertime render. I imagine it gets off the rails. But at least yeah, by the point you're at. It's, <laughs> so. it's um, I don't, I don't know if it's original or not. Um, I, I believe. Uh, it, I don't know, actually. Yeah, we'll have to I look that up. It might be original, but I, I, it's just impressive. Um, do, you, do you like it? I love it, yeah. Dave. Um, okay. It's really, really, By really good. Just have, having only watched the pilot, mm-hmm. my guy, you got to watch some ReZero. <laughs> yeah, I've seen... I'm, I'm following the... Um, yeah. I'm following the Reddit episode-by-episode episode discussions, and a lot of people are talking about uh, other shows that have things in common with it. I've just never really been an Isekai guy, but... Uh, Re Zero is the one to watch. Yeah, I I loved it. You know, that was like again one of the first things I think we talked about on the podcast when you know early days um, was when I kind of stumbled my way into Re Zero. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. Like you really? Should, eh? Yeah. If you if you really like I said, I'll know a little more after I watch a couple more episodes of this, and we'll talk about it next week. Uh, hopefully more length. Um, but tone is Re Zero. Different setting, yeah. obviously. Um, but I, yeah, I think a lot of the, you know, I've also, points are similar. I've never, I've just never watched like something kind of thrillery in an anime. Like I think the first episode has a couple light things, right? Like there's a couple tense moments. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah, for sure. The ending is just like, you know, bullets Ooh. flying. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, man. Completely uh, caught me off guard. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I yeah. love that. You don't get that very often anymore. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've gone long and yeah, here's what we'll do for the Q and A. Why haven't you watched The White Lotus yet? From an impatient listener slash girlfriend. Here's here's why. Because we're skipping like three things we wanted to talk about today because we've already gone long. <laughs> because of our absurd schedule. So that's the reason why. But it's Murray. What's his face? He's in that too, eh? The guy from this episode of Last of Us is oh, in, yeah. uh, in White Lotus. And Murray I'm looking Murray, at yeah. my notes. White, the White Lotus was the most winning show of this year's Emmys, receiving five awards during the night, including Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series and ten total awards when combined with the Creative Arts Emmys. So it's crushing. Yeah. 
Sam Believe It's not. I it, it's like at the absolute top of my list of live action shows that I really wish I was watching right now. And there's just way too much going on. It's like a season to like yeah. catch that. Um, we'll I get to it. it actually is eating me from the inside that I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but true. we are gonna we are gonna get to it. Some of these things are gonna wrap up someday, allegedly. At least you know. Worst case, six weeks. Last of Us is over. I'll have another. I'll have it. I'll have room for like another hour long drama live action. And then we'll be back in the spring season. You know, yeah. all these new shows. Man. <laughs> Doesn't end. Yeah, never ends. What a tough gay guy. Yeah. All right, I think we can end here. Um, for, for the love of God, follow the show, okay? If you lasted eighty something minutes with us and you're listening to this and you don't follow the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I don't know what you're doing in general with your whole life. You're probably listening to this into the car. Pull over and then follow the show. Um, Grant, is that it? Is that everything? That is all. God, what a fun episode. Okay, you're welcome. Grant, say the thing. Bye, guys. Cheers.